Hello, everyone, and welcome to both somehow simultaneously the most prepared and unprepared podcast in the history of the internet. This is the After Review Podcast. My name is Shay Dougal, and with me, my co-host, Trenton Pews. I I, uh, I kind of broke in there a little early with the laugh because I was not expecting such a superlative after that start. I thought you were going to say, like, of the week or of the day or even of After Review Podcast, but the entire internet. Wow. The entire internet, I mean, there is no one that can compare to us <laughs> in any way. Uh, we are. This is the After Review Podcast. We talk about football and, and NFL stuff. Um, and we have a lot to get to this week. We're going to be doing a special segment, a special Christmas-themed episode, uh, possibly Hanukkah-themed. Uh, Kwanzaa, sorry. Um, Maybe a little but, bit uh, of you New know. Year's in there, too. You know, just looking forward. Looking back yeah. and looking forward, you know, because New Year's Eve is about the year that passed, and New Year's Day is about what comes next. So depending on when you're listening to this. If you're listening to this, historically, uh, <laughs> podcast downloads are at an all-time low the week of the holiday. Hey, there you go. So, great. Uh, the, but, uh, so we didn't do a show last week, but we are here to do a show for you now. Uh, before we get into the good stuff, Trenton, the season, the end of the regular season is upon us. I doubt Week 17 is going to give us any real major movement in the playoffs or really any major action. There's really just, I think, one or two spots left that really need to be settled. What have you thought of the season as a whole? Do, have you enjoyed it? Have you uh, been somewhat let down by it? What what is uh what is kind of your thoughts on the season as a whole just going into the playoffs? Well, I mean, when you're just talking on the football field and we're getting past some of the stupid stories and some of the stupid ref stuff, I think the product on the field has been a lot of fun. I think that there's been a lot of parity in the league this year um just in terms of like week to week you maybe don't know exactly what's going to happen because the best teams aren't always winning, but they're typically winning. Uh, you just get like a surprise here and there. Like one of the biggest upsets of the year from my perspective was Miami beating Indianapolis. I did not see that coming. And then obviously Falcons taking down the 49ers, maybe a little more predictable, but to actually see it come to pass, you see games like that come close, uh, but you don't often see them actually finish the way that one did. Uh, so I think there's been a lot a lot of fun to be had from this season. Obviously, as a Saints fan, things are going pretty well for, for my team. Uh, so that always helps. And then, of course, though nobody cares about my fantasy team, I am the champion. So there's that. You're right. Nobody cares. <laughs> I don't think I've even gotten a congratulations from you. I love uh, it. I would, no, I don't. I historically have not congratulated <laughs> the winners of the leagues that I'm the commissioner of because I do not believe in uh, showing weakness. <laughs> I, in fact, do not even admit that I lost. So, uh, you Fair know, enough. there was a fantasy season. I don't remember what happened. So, no, congratulations, my friend. You you earned it. Uh, you had a really you had a really strong season. Go ahead, so go ahead and tell the people uh, what the prize of our league is. Uh, and, and bask in the glory of the fact that you are going to be the winner of the prize. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the prize, as we um, fervently discussed on the Fantasy League chat, is the jersey of a player that has been in my roster or on my roster in play. So they actually had to have been in a starting slot for at least one week and on the roster for two weeks. With all of that in mind, I chose a guy that really helped me out in a, in a couple of games stretch when Alvin Kamara was hurt. Latavius Murray of the Saints in co- oh. beautiful color rush uniform is coming my way, and I'm really excited about it. I got to be honest with you, Trenton. When we started this show, I was not a fan of Latavius Murray, and four years later, 
I am not a fan of <laughs> Latavius Murray. And, uh, you know, you know, uh, but ultimately I never thought I would be buying a Latavius Murray jersey for you, uh, yeah. I, you know, four years ago when we began this program. So congratulations, I guess. You know what's kind of funny? I've always liked Latavius Murray. And I've always thought he was a bit underrated. So, I don't know. I think I just like tall running backs. I really like Derrick Henry, too. I don't know. Weird. Well, who doesn't like Derrick Henry after the season he said? Woo! Maybe we'll talk a little bit a little bit about uh, Derrick Henry when we give out our postseason awards, uh, which we do, of course, at the end of every season. So keep your ears open for that. It's always the best but for show. now, it Get is. Ready. It's our favorite show. Not even close, <laughs> uh, really. The, the amount of effort and work we put into that show, probably more than every other show combined uh, for the entire season. And we put a lot of work in over the season. Just because I said we're not prepared uh, maybe for this show, every other show, we are, we are on the ball. Oh, yeah. All right. But now it's time to get on the ball again, and it's time to keep the ball spinning as we head into the playoffs, Trenton. It is week 17. Like I said, most of these slots are you know, locked up, so I think we're in a good spot where we can sort of put a bow on the season, You know, a little, little, yeah. little Christmas theme there. And uh, we're going to be giving out some presents today to NFL teams. Uh, and you know what? We're also, uh, for every good act in the world, there is also a bad act that counterbalances so for every present, we're also going to give out some coal. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be giving presents and coal to the teams, every team in the NFL uh, that played a game in Week 16, which was all of them. And we're just going to go through the games one by one uh, from Week 16. We'll do a little recap if there's much to be talked about. But largely, it's going to be a macro view of the season. And we're going to kick it off, Trenton, with the Saturday games. Why the NFL is playing games on Saturday, I don't know. <laughs> But here we are, and we're going to start with the morning game. How about a little Texans at Buccaneers? Texans well, come away with a 23-20 to 20 win. Before we get too heavy, heavily into that, I'd like to explain to the viewers, just in case there's any confusion about this whole oh, presence yeah, please. and coal thing. Okay, Thank you. so when we're giving out a present, what we mean is that we're going to identify something that uh, we think you know was good about the season for the respective team. And then when we're giving out coal... It's uh, something that's bad about them. Uh, so when we give out presents, it means that we thought they had a generally successful season based on expectations, and Cole is an unsuccessful season based on expectations. Is that right? Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> did, maybe did I there's still a little confusing? bit of... Well, I don't know. Maybe there's still a little bit of difference in interpretation of what presents versus Cole means, but I think we'll have ample opportunities to explain ourselves <laughs> as we go through the list here. So... Uh, as for uh, let, let's go ahead and start with the Texans Buccaneers and I'll go ahead start off with the coal that I was going to hand out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that coal may actually be a present in the some eyes in some in the, the eyes of some Buccaneers fans sure where Jameis Winston is going to be your starting quarterback in 2020 and I think that's really bad he threw four interceptions in this game I believe the Bucks turned it over six times including a pair of pick sixes from Winston they were still in this game until the end, but it was just, it was like a hideous Shea fever dream where I just, it was so sloppy. I love games like this because it's just ridiculous. But uh, some call for Bucks fans because you're going to have to deal with this for a little while longer because Jameis Winston keeps playing just well enough to keep the Bucks in games and, and win them some games. All right, okay. So uh, I guess to clarify then, presence and Cole can be about the season that's passed and they can also be about things going forward. I, th I think that we're going to see both on, um, as we go forward here. So, well, as we talking... know, Cole lasts forever. Cole doesn't go away. <laughs> That's true. 
and and you know you could keep some presents in the closet forever too so yeah you know i'm gonna hand out some presents for the buccaneers i was actually pretty impressed with their season as a whole i i think that bruce arians brought pretty much what you expected um but i think as a whole there's a lot more um encouragement going forward with this team as the defense kind of rounds into form and uh, one particular player on offense really, really impressed me. He is your biggest present. It's Chris Godwin becoming a true mm. wide receiver one in this league. Yeah, he's my present for my fantasy league for sure. <laughs> he had a phenomenal season. Granted, a lot of it, not a lot of it, but some of it was in garbage time, so you got to take some of that away. But even so, he's becoming a physical freak. I mean, he's the, he's the next great thing at the wide receiver position in the NFL, and I can't wait to see what next season has in store and yours future. Uh, despite whoever the quarterback ends up being. Maybe they can throw the ball to their own team a little more consistently. <laughs> How about a present for Shaq Barrett? I'll okay. give a present to Shaq Barrett. Okay, really so nice we're doing season a present for that All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, how about yeah, Houston? You got anything for Houston? I, I hate Houston. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Cole to Bill O'Brien. Uh, the Cole is Bill O'Brien. Oh, just yes. such a... Uh. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, like I think he gets that's out-coached good... constantly. That's a good identifier. Um, I, I give the Cole basically to the the inconsistency of the team. Uh, or Well, the Cole is the inconsistency. This one's for fans, really, because they have to watch this product week in and week out and have absolutely no idea which Houston team is going to show up. Despite the fact that you have players in Deshaun Watson, Kenny Stills, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Carlos Hyde, there's good players on this team. And I only mentioned offense because their offense is really the only thing that's good about them. But there's good players on this team, and they don't show up week in and week out, and it's irritating. Yeah, I mean, you said it, I and you're right about the defense not really having anything to write home about. Ever since the Jadavian Clowney trade, I don't really know what they have. They played just well enough in this game to win, but ultimately even the offense wasn't consistent enough, scoring only 23 points against a team that's, that turned the ball over six times, including two defensive touchdowns. Right. This was a massive game, by the way. No, it was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, you know and by me, the way, we're not forgetting J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt's a good player in this league, but he's not relevant. Yeah, but he's, he's been he hurt. He's, hurt. He, he, yeah, he's yeah. not playing. He is going to come off IR, though, to return for that's the true. playoffs. So that's something to look look at, uh, look at as maybe a potential strength for the defensive line. Houston's one and so? done. You know it. Well, yeah, but you don't it. think that Watt will have some level, of, some impact on whatever team the Texans end up playing in the first round? In the playoffs, impact doesn't matter. Wins and losses matter. Even if Watt has, like, five sacks, if they lose, who cares? No one's going to remember. Who would it be? It would be Texans, Bills, or Texans, uh, Raiders, Steelers, or who? Uh, I'm really bad at the playoff calculator stuff. Raiders, Steelers, Titans? It was Titans. Titans. Yeah, that was the other that's, yeah you're right. Yeah, and I think that's the most yeah, likely I, one. Because they only which, have to uh, beat the those, Texans. Which of those teams would you take to beat the Texans uh, in the playoffs if they were to match up? The Titans, the Bills, um... It'd be a toss-up with the Raiders. Just depends on which Raiders team shows up. Also, which Texans team shows up for that matter. Well, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, I think in terms of talent, I would probably take the Titans, and I would probably take which I never thought I would say, uh, and I would definitely it take the awesome Bills. Uh, the, I like the Bills to go on a sneaky run here in the playoffs. I, I'm a little preview of what I think is coming, but uh, I like this Bills team. And let's talk Good about transition. the Bills Patriots. Yes, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> Well, until you talked about it. Let's talk <laughs> about the Bills-Patriots game. The Patriots did come away with the win. Uh, nice performance from their offense. They were finally able to get the running game going. Uh, and But actually, uh, if we're giving out presence in Cole, I don't feel like you can look at the season as a whole and say you can give anything but Cole to this incredibly 
challenging to watch Patriots offense. And a lot of that starts with the running game, which again, finally got going, but season as a whole Patriots offense, you get some coal. How about that? Totally fair. I totally understand it, but ultimately it hasn't cost them that many wins this year. I mean, they're still, they're still 12 and three. I don't, I do not care. You have to beat the teams that you play. I'm not saying whether or not they're going to be relevant in the playoffs. I don't know. Typically, in the past, even with bad regular season Patriots teams, they've been good in the playoffs. So I'm not counting them out. I'm giving them presents because, honestly, this is not a very talented team in terms of player per, per player. And they've somehow found a way to get it done. And the biggest present for Patriots fans out there, and really NFL fans in general, is Stephon Gilmore stepping up his already all-pro game to just astronomical levels. It's been ridiculous. <laughs> what was it two weeks ago he scored two touchdowns like on consecutive plays what cornerback ever does that my goodness yeah Stefan Gilmore's had a really great season I'll give a present and uh it is the present of Tredavious White and it is time for me to finally <laughs> own up to this uh because I ripped Tredavious White Bill's corner uh, pretty heavily going into the draft a couple years ago I said that he was too small that I didn't feel like he had the the footwork necessary the explosive speed to succeed in the NFL I've been proven wrong on just about every count with this guy and he's had a phenomenal year yeah um, I, I honestly couldn't speak to how he played too much in the Bills Patriots game I wasn't watching that closely but um, but he's had a great year regardless of that and and I gotta give uh, gotta give him a present and uh, the team gets the present of having Tredavious white on the roster another great addition to a talented defensive staff. Yeah, that's a present that's going to keep on giving. Okay, so for Buffalo, I'm giving out a present, and the present is, for the past and the future, the improvement of Josh Allen this year. My goodness. He has taken such a huge step forward in year two from year one where he was just kind of an athletic, enjoyable marvel week week to week. Also and he still like is a, that, make no mistake. Yeah, but but it was more Russian roulette, you know? Like, there was there were more bullets in that's the chamber. You were more likely to get shot, so... Ooh. Yeah, sorry, I kind of took that a little too far. Um, no, violent but appropriate. I liked it. No, no, but yeah, I mean, the improvement of Josh Allen makes this team relevant. I mean, first and foremost, they already had Sean McDermott. They already had the great defense. Josh Allen's improvement is what has changed this Bills team into a playoff team. All right, let's go ahead and move on, Trent. Let's talk about the Rams and the 49ers. Uh, this was the final Saturday game. The, the Saturday games were far and away better than the, the Sunday games, which game I thought was, was interesting. I mean, it was one of the games of the year. It was incredible. And, uh, of course, the Rams come away with a loss, get knocked out of the playoff contention just one year after attending the Super Bowl. I, I was told they were there. They didn't show up, but they were <laughs> supposedly in the stadium. Uh, sorry, I, w- I just wanted to get one more shot in there. Uh, go Patriots. But uh, <clears throat> so the, the Rams uh, out of playoff contention, and it's it's tough for me to give the performance of Jared Goff anything but a huge steaming lump of coal this year. Granted, I'm not going to do that. You know, who, you know who's getting the call for the Los Angeles Rams? How about the entire offensive line, which had just an okay. abysmal year? It was really bad. Goff rarely had any time to throw, constantly under pressure. You know, a lot of the struggles with the running game started with that offensive line, and Gurley wasn't himself, but really, you can't win in the, in, in the NFL unless you've got a strong offensive line, and we see that week after week, at least not on a consistent basis. And uh, that's really where I think the coal for the Rams comes in with the offensive line. Yeah, I'm also giving out coal to the Rams, and I just I don't think you can really see it any other way. This is a huge disappointment of a season. The coal to me, it's it's very similar to your offensive line, but I actually go up a little bit higher. I think it goes to GM Les Snead. 
for allowing this to happen mm. in the first place, for allowing center John Sullivan to walk in free agency and not having a better option in place, as well as allowing a left tackle Andrew Whitworth to continue to be the only option, the only legitimate option at that position, despite the fact that he is what now 35 36 he's too old uh, there was too much reliance i think on the old guy out at left tackle and uh, the young guys on the interior to be honest they just kind of made a mistake in every possible way they have also traded away several of their first round picks the last couple of years which has kind of sapped them of incoming talent they've had to get it from other um, other sources the fa- the trade ultimately for marcus peters has failed since they traded him to the, the ravens uh Playing yeah. really well in Baltimore, by the way. Yeah, no, he's doing great. And that's the whole thing. You, you trade Marcus Peters to Baltimore for peanuts. You trade two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. Who's playing better right now? Who's going to the playoffs? Ultimately, the performance of uh, of the entire defense is going to cost Wade Phillips' job, not just Marcus Peters, but, uh, you know. Yeah. And I, I really um, don't think it's Wade Phillips' fault, and I don't think it's Sean McVay's fault. I, I think that they got put in a bad position here by some – Overly aggressive, not really forward-thinking moves by GM Les Need. All right, how about Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers? Can we give him a present? Can we give the 49ers' oh, entire coaching staff a present for the incredible job they've done? How about the entire coaching staff? Of um, course. Yeah, it's it's been a phenomenal season for the 49ers. It starts, obviously, with Kyle Shanahan bringing in a game-changing, uh, you know, I would say borderline revolutionary style of offense where they're they're running these play they're running these running plays where they're just running through these giant gaping holes in the offensive line that we've talked about all year and they've started to show the cracks a little bit I think as the season's worn on but they've been fighting injuries you know left right. and right right uh, Robert Sa- I'm gonna mis I'm gonna mispronounce the name of the defensive coordinator Robert Sala Sa- I think it's Sala Sala Robert Sala yeah. Anyway, pretty sure Robert Sal- Robert Sala has done an uh, unbelievable job, and uh, of course Kyle Shanahan's really running the offense in general. So sure. I, I just think that there's there's going to be another head coach coming off of the staff next year, and it is going to be Sala, and we'll all learn how to pronounce his name. <laughs> so some presents for the 49ers and their and the job they've done with the coaching staff this year. In my mind, Kyle Shanahan's coach of the year. I know everyone's going to want to give it to uh, to John Harbaugh, but not I. I'm too high on this 49ers team still. I fully understand that. I, I do think that the cracks are concerning because those injured players, a lot of them aren't coming back. They're on IR. Uh, so that's a bit of a problem looking forward in their uh, potential playoff hopes. However, we cannot discount how darn successful this season has been, especially over expectation. Uh, we were one year early with all the 49ers hype last year. This team has come to fruition. And though there are a lot of awards to be given out, a lot of presents all around, I'm going to... I'm going to go in all in here on a running back. I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert, the guy that leads what? the league, leads the league in yards per carry. And he has now become a legitimate running back one for this team. Uh, a team that has spent quite a bit of money on the running back position, by the way, Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon the last several years. And no, it's Raheem Mostert, the undrafted free agent that's leading the way now and right into the playoffs. Can you name the other six teams that Raheem Mostert has played for in his <laughs> four-year NFL career? Absolutely not. Five, I've five never years, heard of actually. him before the 49ers. So he, he, he's on a tear. He originally signed, 
he originally signed with the Philadelphia Eagles, which is why I already knew who he was. And then I saw that, that he then went to the Dolphins uh, off of the Eagles practice squad in 2015, his rookie year, hmm. then over to the Ravens, then over to the Cleveland Browns. That's all in one season. Then in 2016, he signs with the Jets, gets released from their practice squad, heads over to the Chicago Bears the next day, and then uh, was released less than a month later and then re-signed to the practice squad again and then released again uh, just over a month later, being then signed by the 49ers uh, two day, uh, four days later on November 28, 2016 to the 49ers practice squad where he has waited uh, until, I believe, week 17 of 2016 uh, where he made his first appearance in quite a while as an NFL running back. And now here he is. He's really grown. Heck of a run. 5.6 yards per carry, by the way, this year. I mean, it's, it's totally out of nowhere. In baseball, <laughs> yeah. they'd be like, he's on steroids. I don't know if they have an NFL equivalent of that. but If you actually look at the yards per carry leaders this year, uh, there's just not a lot of like typical names on that list. Uh, I think the biggest one outside of Raheem Mostert is rookie Devin Singletary for the Buffalo Bills, who's averaging 5.1. It's quite a strange list. And that I guess is that's a little kind of, I mean, you kind of expect that when you have more carries, obviously yards per carry are going to go down. But I feel like in years past, we've seen guys like Ezekiel Elliott and Mark Ingram up there, and they're just not there this year. And and Christian McCaffrey's not there either. So, how does the summer of love fifty storylines, uh, the running back revolution, holding up now when <laughs> all these guys like Raheem Mostert and Devin Singletary are leading the league in yards per carry? I don't know. Well, I mean, it just tells you how much of an influx of running back talent continues to be flowing through that guys like this are getting recognition, I mean, despite the fact that you know all those other guys are great and deserve recognition as well. True that. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the Lions and Broncos. Now we're on to the Sunday games. The Broncos come away with a meaningless 27-17 win. No real sense in recapping the game since I don't think either of us really watched it very closely, or I, I certainly didn't uh, you know, really dig deep into the tape after the game. Um, so let's take a more macro view of this and, and just give out some coal and some presents to the Lions and the Broncos. What do you got? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel so dang bad for the Lions this year. A, a team that starts 3-0-1. Start better than 3-0-1. <laughs> a team that starts 3-0-1 has some absolutely crippling close losses to the Chiefs, to the Packers that kind of stick out. I can't really remember any others, but... Uh, they were in a lot of games this year. Just injury after injury after injury to the offense to the point now where they're starting David Blau at quarterback. I don't know what to give this team because I don't know what this team is. Other, other I guess you give Cole to Matt Patricia, whose defense has been kind of horrible since he's gotten there. I don't know. I man. mean, you have a, a defensive coordinator on, on a roster with talent. So compare one Patriots defensive coordinator to another Patriots defensive coordinator, yeah. both on rosters that have varying levels of talent. I, I don't think that's that's arguable. And one team has won more games despite having started the most, or b- besides, or sorry, despite having rostered the most number of players on a roster over the course of a season in NFL history. That's the Miami Dolphins and Brian Flores. I gotta give the call of Matt Patricia to Lions fans and. I'd be amazed if he kept his job after a season like this. I don't care yeah. about the injuries. They just haven't been competitive no, recently. I and and I, I understand that they had leads in many, I think it was like nine straight games to start the year, and they started at 3-0-1. But at some point, you got to produce wins. Yeah, and that's, that's the job of ultimately the coach to prepare the team for those situations. Uh, for a guy that came from Bill Belichick in situational football, this has been a very poor situational football team. 
So, yeah. All and right, on the Broncos, Broncos side, this is that, this is really tricky because it is the tale of two seasons. It's the the season yeah. of Joe Flacco and then the season of Drew Locke, and one went really well and one went really really poorly. And currently, we're seeing the they're very well. And though I do want to give the present to Drew Locke, I haven't seen enough from him yet. He's been he looked really good in his short time, and the Broncos are more competitive because of it. But they also have a very good defense. And ultimately, I think the biggest um, player throughout the season who has given everyone a present, every football fan a present, has been Cortland Sutton and his emergence. He is. Uh, I mentioned this with the with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you mentioned maybe the most dynamic uh, receiving talent going forward. I think Cortland Sutton has an argument as well. I'm going to go ahead uh, and agree with you there. I think that Cortland Sutton has been easily the bright spot for that entire team, not just the offense, but... Really, he's been the one guy that you can look to and say, that's an absolute Pro Bowl stud like Chris Godwin. You can see Sutton having a great deal of success in the years to come, and that's a great piece to build that offense around. I'm going to give some coal uh, to Noah Fant (laughs) because, uh, you know, too many many games with one catch. Too many games with one catch. No, I get that. He just needed too many mistakes and I, I get he's a rookie tight end you know but I think ultimately for where they took him in the draft first round pick I just think he underperformed what they needed him to do this year and I understand the offensive line was bad and the quarterback play was pretty bad for most of the year uh yeah I'm gonna swallow the sword on Joe Flacco a little bit here but uh it just he just needed to be a more consistent reliable target and he wasn't so but you know that doesn't mean that he can't grow you know you take it takes some coal to make a diamond how about that hey there you go uh, All right, and and I do think that Noah Fant shows a lot of promise in the future, so he he could become that that diamond, that present that they're looking for. All right, let's do uh, Raiders at Chargers. Uh, Raiders come away with a twenty-four to seventeen win at their final home game. I'm sorry, it was in Los Angeles, but it felt hey. like a home game for the Raiders. I mean, that stadium was like ninety percent Raiders fans. I mean, who even cares about surprised? the Chargers? <laughs> No, I'm not, but it's, I, I'm going to go ahead and give some coal to the Chargers uh, being in L.A. It is not working. Yeah. I think of all the coal that I'm giving out today, this is the most damning of all of them it, because it's just – it's ugly. Yeah. They, they're moving to a 70,000-person stadium. They can't fill 30,000. Yeah. And they're not good, and Phillip Rivers is going to go away. It's bad. It's a bad situation. Could be time to blow up the offense. I mean, the defense, I think, has a lot of really promising young pieces. I don't think you really can blow that up. But the offense definitely needs to be retooled, uh, probably around the talents of Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. Uh, outside of that, obviously, it's Cole. I mean, what what else can you give a team that came in with Super Bowl aspirations who is currently sitting at 5-10, and 10, just lost to a Raiders team, which just... Just a, a week ago, or sorry, a couple of weeks ago, lost to a Jacksonville team that has completely given up. So, yeah. And the Cole, it started early, and uh, I, I think this was a pre-Christmas Cole. It was the early injuries, I think, that really did in this Chargers team from the get-go. Losing Derwin James preseason, uh, losing your draft pick Nasir Adderley, losing your left tackle... There, there was just so much adversity from the get-go. And then obviously with the decline of Phillip Rivers, with the offensive line not being as good as uh, had, it had been hoped. Uh, with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram have not yeah. had the season that you would have needed the, them to have. With Melvin Gordon coming back and looking terrible. 
I'll give a way. present to Austin Eckler. We're doom and gloom on the Chargers. How about Austin Eckler? He's, <laughs> oh, he he's deserves great. it. He deserves yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. All right, let's do uh, the Raiders here, and I'm I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna. You've heard of a preemptive draft pick, Trenton, or a rather conditional draft pick. I'm gonna give some conditional coal to the Raiders front office, <laughs> and it's it's entirely conditional based on whether or not they decide to keep Derek Carr. Sure. Uh, for the season that he's had, which I, I, I get it. Every quarterback is setting records with completion percentage and yards and touchdowns and everything. Derek Carr's had a really nice year operating with an offense that still really does not have a ton of talent. Right. Uh, certainly not a wide receiver. Tight end is getting a little bit better uh, with Darren Waller. And of course, Josh Jacobs coming in and, and lighting a fire a little bit for the running game. The offensive line has been playing better, allowing Carr to have the time to get the ball out to these very I'd say incapable wide receivers. Yes. Um, so again, I'm, t- I'm talking about the front office here. Keep Derek Carr. He will reward you. It's just the, the thing is it, with Carr, it feels like things have to be more right around him for him to give you his best. It, it feels like he maybe can't carry the team, but he can do enough. He's, he's like a, he's like a better version of Andy Dalton in my mind. Well, I mean, the narrative around this is so interesting because you look at, uh, Drew Brees, right? You, you'd say he's a, a talent that can carry a team, yes? Uh, yes. Look at the fact that they had three straight seven and nine seasons with Drew Brees at quarterback fully for those full seasons. Right now, though, I don't know. That, that defense was so bad. That yeah, but the defense, so bad. On, the defense on the Raiders is terrible this year. They, they've been completely inconsistent. They've been destroyed by injuries in the secondary, and, and they're, they're an absolute sieve. And Derek Carr is continuing to make them competitive week in and week out. Well, I don't know why I'm crafting arguments against myself. No, I agree. no that, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying have some perspective, people. This is a team that I think a lot of uh, analysts and a lot of fans probably expect to do a lot worse than 7 and 8. Uh, we here on the After Review podcast, especially me, we're a little higher on the Raiders than most people. I'm not surprised by this. I think Derek Carr is fully capable of putting together this type of season despite adverse circumstances. And if you give him good circumstances, I think he's a 12-4, and 13-3 type of quarterback. Football Completely. Outsiders has Derek Carr as a top eight quarterback in the NFL. Fun fact. There you go. Stop listening to the ESPN narratives. It's ridiculous. Give some coal to ESPN narratives. Absolutely. Do you have By any the presents way, or coal for the Raiders? I do. The present actually came before the season. It's this draft class. And you mentioned it with Josh mm. Jacobs. But I'm also really excited about Jonathan Abram going forward. Max Crosby has kind of come on. Uh, I think that they got a lot of really nice pieces here in this draft class, which will build for the future with Derek Carr, with that offensive line. And I think the defense is going to get better. This Raiders team is going to be dangerous. Get ready. Cleveland Farrell? Yes. Cleveland Farrell will turn around. And I think he's had a couple of nice say. games this year. That would be the one that you're maybe not so sure about, and he was their first pick. So no, and I understand saying, but... that, and that's tough. I, I think they wanted a safe pick for that pick because it was so high they didn't want to bust, so they didn't want to like reach for the stars. Uh, again, I, I, the funny thing is that I think Cleveland Farrell was a reach, but not a dangerous reach because I think he'll be a solid defensive end for years to come, but he's not that kind of 10, 12, 15 sack type of guy that you maybe want at a top five defensive end. He's no Chase Young, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. We'll get to him in the offseason. All right. Yes. Uh, how about uh, Jaguars at Falcons? Two teams not really playing for much, uh, except for apparently, and this is a news item, right. Dan Quinn is uh, going to be the head coach in 2020 for the Atlanta Falcons, and something that you never would have thought 
would have happened after a one and seven start when the team just looked totally rudderless. I guess the present would be in my mind that Dan Quinn is going to continue to be the head coach. I've never disliked Dan Quinn as a head coach. I, I thought I don't I didn't know what the heck was going on this year, but I've never had any doubt that he was a consistent guy who could do the job well. Uh, his players responded very well in that season where they won the Super Bowl. They were just a they were just one play away from the NFC Championship game essentially uh, in that year they played the Eagles when the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl. Right. So he's been a good coach, I think, and I, I'm glad to see him back. And, and I know you have some thoughts on this, so I'll let you go ahead. Well, ultimately, I'm I'm not saying, or I haven't been saying this whole season that Dan Quinn's incapable of being an NFL head coach. I'm saying that he failed at his job this year, which was to get this extremely talented Atlanta Falcons team, which doesn't have a lot of excuses. They didn't they didn't have the injuries on the defensive side of the ball that they did last year that they could point to and say, hey, this is the reason why we're underperforming. You have a really solid quarterback in place. You have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, Devontae Freeman, an offensive line which you brought two first-round picks into, as well as a bunch of free agent additions to try to fix. And ultimately, this team comes out and just it's completely flat, and it's completely listless and lifeless. Now, the, what's weird is that it's completely turned around basically since the bye week. Uh, I'm not saying that they've been amazing or anything, but they have. They do Their have offense wins. has been. They do have wins against the Saints and the 49ers, two teams that have a great shot at representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And ultimately, that's pretty impressive. So I think that the the players earned back Dan Quinn's job. And maybe Dan Quinn said something during the bye week. I don't know. Uh, There was that whole coaching shuffle with uh, Raheem Morris switching from DB coach back to wide receivers. or Sorry, it was the other way around, wide receivers to DB. Maybe that fixed everything. I don't know. Weird stuff. Weird, weird season. So, are you giving presents to the Falcons players? Yes, uh, presents to the Falcons Dan players. Quinn's jobs back, John. Yes, Dan Quinn's job back. There we go. Wow, I, I can't. I can't credit Quinn for the turnaround because that would make no sense. Because <laughs> what what happened? What happened in the first eight games? I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't weird. know if anyone can explain what happened in the first eight <laughs> games of the Falcons season. But let's you know what I'm let's sure switch. Of? You know what I'm yeah, sure of? Yeah. Jacksonville deserves coal. And it's the front office. They let this season completely <laughs> nice. fall apart. My goodness. I mean, losing control of the Jalen Ramsey situation, completely botching the Nick Foles-Gardner Minshew situation, and tanking basically from halfway through the season while you were still competitive. What the heck happened to this Jaguar season, which I think even just eight games ago, we thought this was a playoff team. The culture there is a total mess right now, and the firing of Tom Coughlin, I think, is is kind of exemplary of that. I would honestly be amazed if if everyone was back next year, although it sounds like David Caldwell's keeping his job in the front office, which is just crazy to me after seven years of this we've yeah. been experiencing now. But anyway, there was that story that came out how the, the as soon as they fired Tom Coughlin, like they reset all the clocks in the facility back to the correct time or whatever, because <laughs> Coughlin always liked to say if you're early you're still late or you know whatever that bull crap was <laughs> his, his, i'm giving the call specifically to tom coughlin because i feel like he has taken the the jags culture which a couple of years ago was hard-nosed and was you know saxonville we called them and they they took the patriots to the wire in the nfc championship the jags were a couple plays away from the super bowl with blake bortles at quarterback for crying yeah. out loud i they mean were. He's taken this thing and it's completely been run into the ground. Caldwell's got to get some credit for that because he, he put together that defense basically from free agency. I mean, I Maybe guess, but that, defense, job. but that defense had not been good up to that point and has not been good since that point. So 
It could yeah. just be a flash in the pan situation. <laughs> it could be. It certainly was everything. It wasn't even that great that year right either. Time. You're saying that Jacksonville defense wasn't great? No, they, it were, was, they it, were really great at what they did. They were lucky. They got a lot of turnovers. <laughs> turnovers are not. We we can't spend any more time talking about this. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Uh, we'll save that for another. <laughs> That's a podcast. whole other discussion. Let, we'll let's do, do we'll that save that for the Jaguars podcast. All right, let's do uh, let's do Ravens at Browns. Ravens win again. Uh, I'm giving myself coal on this uh, because okay. I I screwed up. Everything I said about the Ravens in the offseason was wrong. Like everything. I said the defense would be bad. They've been really good. I said Lamar Jackson wouldn't take the next step forward. He's going to be the MVP. I said uh, I said uh, Marquise Brown wasn't a good draft pick. I mean, he's been pretty good. Um, so but AJ Brown's better. So okay, fine. Present for but, me. <laughs> uh, I, I said, I said the Ravens should take AJ Brown, and I think they'd be happier with him. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the Browns obviously get Cole because they yes. are a dumpster fire. Yep. Whole organization. Yep. You don't even need to go into it. Everyone knows what this Browns season has been. It's going to be absolute. It's going to take a Christmas miracle for Freddie Kitchens to keep his job at this point. Cole is straight to Freddie Kitchens. He has completely failed at his job in every sense of Ooh. the word. He was supposed I don't know. to be. An, he was supposed to be an offensive coordinator. This offense has taken so many steps back, and Baker Mayfield's progress has been completely stunted. Odell Beckham Jr.'s had his worst season as a pro. Jarvis Landry's been a complete non-factor. The offensive line is somehow worse than expected. The reason this Cleveland Browns team is such a disappointment is because the offense sucks. And I think that falls squarely on Freddie Kitchens. Give the call to John Dorsey, who set Freddie Kitchens up to fail. I do not. He brought in all this talent that he knew was combustible, appointed a head coach that he knew was essentially just a kid as far as head coaches are concerned, and he pushed him overboard, and he's watching him drown. And it's just not very nice. That's not the Christmas spirit. <laughs> okay, so, so what you're saying... And he's laughing. <laughs> what you're saying is that this was John Dorsey's evil plan to tank the Browns. Like, sorry, was it his evil plan to just, like, ruin the whole year of all Browns fans who had all these, like, big expectations and all this hype? It, like, teased them last year with all those wins just to completely ruin their Christmas? By hiring Freddie Kitchens in the offseason and watching it blow up, is that the conspiracy theory we're going with? That uh, that sounds about right. Okay. All right. Present for Lamar Jackson, obviously, because my goodness, what a season! There's nothing else to say. Also oh. present to Eric for for you know his Lamar Jackson takes because he was always right and we were always wrong. Hey, that's great, Eric. Go. How about be on the show? <laughs> For all, all right, the Lamar uh, Jacksons and Phillip Rivers takes you have, you have takes that are wrong, and I can't think of any right now, but they were wrong. Oh, that's right. He was right about Phillip Rivers, too. I know. It's irritating. Well, he, no, you know what? He said that Drew Brees was bad. Yeah, I know. There you go. I know he did. All right. But he also uh, said that Tom Brady was bad, and he's been kind of bad this year. All right. Well, I'm sure we can find more examples. How about Panthers <laughs> at Colts? Uh, I've got nothing to say on the game itself. I mean, the Colts, I feel like the – it's. Yeah, I don't know. This is – it's a tough one, man, because I don't think – I think I might have been wrong about Jacoby Brissett being a franchise quarterback. Like, can he be a good backup that can come in and not lose games? Absolutely. But can he win? I, I mean, this is a relatively talented roster with a relatively – I mean, not a relatively, a great coaching staff. And, I mean, the fact that they're just barely knocking on the door of 500 after a year where they were expected to win a lot of games, I don't know. 
Yeah, but this is a team that dealt with the offseason retirement of Andrew Luck basically really late in the game, way too late to come up with a better plan than Jacoby Brissett. Of course, they've also dealt with losing several several um, important offensive and defensive players to injury throughout the year, and they've continued to be competitive. They've continu- they've only gotten blown out once last week by the Saints, and and then they turn it around and blow out a, a completely listless Panthers team, no doubt. But what a way to bounce back after looking completely lifeless against the Saints in the Superdome on Monday night. This is, I think, a team that has shown a lot of grit. Frank Reich, I think, has done a great job with what he's had. And All Frank right, Reich so gets presen- present. presence for the Colts' uh, effort. How about that? Yes. Okay. And, and how about the adversity. Panthers? How about a present for Christian McCaffrey? Okay, because <laughs> there you go. At this point, he's going to have enough. a thousand. He's going to have a thousand yards receiving, a thousand yards rushing. He might set the record for total scrimmage yards in a season. Unbelievable year on a completely worthless dumpster trash heap of an offense. Cole for the Panthers for expecting Christian McCaffrey to give them wins every week. They it's a didn't have back. a backup plan. They didn't have a backup plan. I mean, obviously, you run into the injury with Cam Newton, but they knew that going in. And, and then they expect Kyle Allen and his ridiculous run of success at the beginning to continue. This is a team that I think has a lot of talent, but it was a very poorly constructed offense, and we all knew it. And it broke. All right, Bengals at Dolphins. The Dolphins come away with their fourth win of the season, Trenton. I mean, that's yeah. not going to be enough to uh, to keep them from finishing with uh, with fewer than double-digit losses. But four wins for the Dolphins, I think, is probably three or four more than anyone expected with a, talent, with a uh, roster this devoid of talent. But I'm going to maybe surprise you. I'm going to give presents to both of these teams and both of these organizations. <laughs> uh, the Bengals' present is they have the number one pick. They cannot screw this up. They're either going to get Chase Young and go forward with Andy Dalton, who is capable enough to win games when when the talent is around him. Or they're going to get Joe Burrow, who's a young, talented player at the quarterback position who could potentially develop into a revolutionary quarterback prospect. Yes, and I agree with that. But I also have some coal to give out for the Bengals, and it has nothing to do with this current squad necessarily. I'm giving coal to Marvin Lewis. For keeping this what? team competitive for so many years that they were never able to build up a, bu- a huge talent base, and now they're bottoming out because of it. They never tanked under Marvin Lewis, and that's why they're so bad right now. That's a fascinating take, and I, I'm, I'm interested to hear more. I'd like to subscribe <laughs> to your newsletter. Uh, the Dolphins, I'm going to give a present to their organization, and, and specifically to Brian Flores and the coaching staff. They did not give up. And you know what? God bless you, Miami Dolphins, at the end of 2019, that you've turned your organization from worthless into relatively watchable. I watched this game, and my goodness, did the Dolphins try to lose it, lose this game. It was magnificent. <laughs> Just the most furious comeback I've ever seen by the Cincinnati Bengals in this game. It was awesome. I called for the, the head of Chris Greer last year in my GM that should be fired. I think I may have been premature. Both hiring Brian Flores and the way that he's stockpiled picks, and yet they're still kind of competitive and fun to watch this year. What a balance act that this Dolphins team has done. The present, I think, ultimately goes to Brian Flores for what he's been able to do in the second half of the season with this Dolphins team. But really, presence all around. I think this Dolphins team has handled tanking with a plum. All right, the Oblivion Steelers and the New York Jets. Trenton, I'm going to go ahead and give out uh, Cole to both of these teams, the entire organizations, 
for being wholly nice. uninteresting and unwatchable in just nice. about every game they play this year, except for <laughs> the Jets in the Cowboys game and uh, the Steelers anytime they play the Ravens because for some reason those games are always interesting. Oh, and of course, uh, Mason Rudolph for getting hit in the head with his own helmet. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit early on, Cole. Uh, no, no, obviously Cole for the Jets, particularly for Adam Gase, who was brought in to help well, Sam Darnold's development to improve this offense, and he has failed to do both. Sam Darnold's worse this year than he was last year. Sam Darnold and missed five games terrible. with a high schooler's disease. I, I literally don't care. I, I, I'm somehow blaming Adam Gase for that, too. He shouldn't be an NFL <laughs> Maybe head Adam coach. Gase gave it's it to ridiculous. Him. We don't know. We don't know what happened behind closed doors. <laughs> I, uh, I, how I about do... this, though, Trenton? Jets are 5-2 and two in their last seven games. If we're giving Dan Quinn credit for that, why can't we give Adam Gase credit for that? Because, because it's completely meaningless. They've still looked terrible. They barely beat a Steelers team, which couldn't decide which, which terrible quarterback they wanted to start. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything else? I don't. And, have and the worst else. part here is that the Steelers okay. pro- might make the playoffs. No, they won't. <laughs> I, I know no, they, they won't. won't. I know they won't. But they have a chance. And that's just if this sad. Steelers team makes the makes the playoffs over the most interesting Titans team in like a decade, I'm going to be so mad that I just can't <laughs> even contain my rage. There, there's actually talk of the Texans resting their starters in that Titans game, so I think the Titans Good. are pretty much in. Good. Yeah. I hope they do. The Titans. You know what? The sense. Titans are. Titans are going to win anyway. Gut pick preview. All right. Speaking <laughs> of the Titans, how about Saints at Titans? Saints come away with the win there. Uh, good game for them. Good comeback for them. This is, the Titans took an early lead in this one. But Mike, uh, really, Michael Thomas was the was the key, and he's getting my present. As, as I've been talking about all year, oh, yeah. in my mind, he's the best receiver in the NFL. Sets the record for most receptions in a season. He's at 146 right now, I believe, uh, with that touchdown in the game also to seal it. And he's still got one week to go. Let's go. And they're not resting their starters. The Saints are rolling on. Presence for everyone. This is a great Saints team. This offense looks like it's fully ready to go for the playoffs, and I'm excited for you as a Saints fan. <laughs> it has been fun. It's been really good to see all the pieces kind of get going. And obviously the defense has fallen off just a little bit, but there are injuries to point to. And ultimately I think that this is a, a defense that's now overachieving based on the circumstances while the offense continues to get better. Uh Presence, yeah, all around. But ultimately, I'm going to zero in. This isn't a macro look. It's a micro look. It's something I've been waiting for all season. Present to Alvin Kamara for finally breaking through that touchdown bugaboo that he had since week three of the season with a magnificent untouched 40-yard touchdown early in this game. He looked healthy for the first time he has in weeks. Even before that, Alvin Kamara had the seal block on the the thing that kicked off the Saints scoring bonanza, the Jared Cook 61-yard touchdown. He blocked Kevin Byard down the field for 15 yards to seal the way for Jared Cook to score that touchdown. What a game in all phases for Kamara. You don't just block Kevin Byard, Deion Sanders. (laughs) Uh, Let's give a present to Ryan Tannehill. We both know we want to. That's easy. I mean, my goodness. They've transformed this offense from horrible to watchable. Like that. Yeah. I mean, A.J. Brown's had such a great season this year, regardless of the quarterback, but Tannehill's brought his game to the next level, and ultimately Tannehill's made this this Titans team go from completely mediocre to fun to watch and potentially a, a winner of a playoff game. I, they, they have a chance to upset a really good team. Giants at Redskins. Neither of these teams are good. Uh, I, I cannot fun give presents... Though. 
I, I mean, I guess. I can't give presents <laughs> to anybody on either of these teams, either of these coaching staffs, anything. I, I'm finding it hard to take away any positives from either of their seasons. I, I, and I can't even really zero in on who to give Cole to. No, quick spoiler because, for me. Okay. Everyone in the NFC East gets Cole. The entire division. Ooh. All right. Well, we're talking Cowboys Eagles next. So, so do you have any specifics? Because I really don't. I just, I just wrote Cole. <laughs> no, I also wrote Cole uh, for for everyone in the NFC East and for the division as a whole, and, and for the fact that it's brought up the discussion about whether divisions are relevant yet again. Yes, they Every are. Couple of stop. Years. They need to stop I with know. this. I know. Divisions go through ups and downs. It is what it is. You well, know, that, the NFC West whole... is amazing and the NFC East is terrible. It happens. Yeah, no, and I get that. That's not my problem. My problem is that I just I blame everyone in the NFC East, and they all deserve Cole for bringing this stupid discussion up again. Anyway, mm. so that's my take. That's another interesting take. <laughs> Some unique ones. All right, how about uh, Cowboys Eagles? Uh, th- this game to me oh was a gosh. joy to watch because oh I just, en- I, you know, I love these sloppy, ugly games where the Eagles out ugly the Cowboys for the win. How in the world against this this Eagles defense that has just been banged up into oblivion and the offense has nothing left at this point? Zach Zach Hertz is going to miss this week. I just I feel like the Cowboys and their their coaching staff are totally out of excuses. I got to give Cole to to the coaching staff specific. Not and you know I'm not going to blame Jason Garrett. I'm going to give some Cole to Kellen Moore. I bet you didn't expect Ooh. that. Uh, and that's okay. because I I feel like his offense is very really not all that creative once you get past like the scripted plays in the game they've struggled with this all year where they just kind of fall off and they've struggled against veteran defensive coordinators like jim schwartz and uh bill belichick of course obviously a little earlier in the year and they've lost to some good defensive coordinators this season and i think kellen moore and his youth is is to blame for a lot of that and i'm not saying it can't get better but that's where my call is going for the cowboys i I fully understand why you give Cole to Kellen Moore, and I do think that he should get some of the credit for the failure on the offense. But ultimately, Cole to all the players. My goodness, this is supposed to be such a talented Cowboys team, and every one of them has had a hand in the disappointment of the season at one time or another. Most recently, Jason Witten has been affected by cases of the drops. Amari oh, Cooper he had such a bad drop off. in this game, too. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's my point. Amari Cooper has completely fallen off. Maybe he's injured. Maybe he's not. He doesn't seem to care. He took himself off the field on that fourth down, that crucial fourth down that the Cowboys had to have to get to win this win-and-in type of game here. Dak Prescott obviously failed in his job here. This, I mean, despite the fact that he had this AC joint injury, he said that he was fully healthy going into the game. You have to take him at his word. He looked bad, and he looked bad last uh, that's, week. I, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's true at all. He I, looked I don't bad feel before like you... the injury. He was I mean, not accurate true. against the Rams. He did not have a good game. He had a lot of luck. He had a lot of good performances from his receivers. Dak Prescott hasn't been good for a while. That's a problem. All right, so you're giving Cole to the Eagles. You said the entire NFC East. Anything specific? I have a I have a present <laughs> to give out if you don't have anything specific. Specifically for the Eagles, no, because it's not their fault that their season sucks. It just sucks. I'm giving a present think... to the Eagles medical staff. They're doing a great job. <laughs> they got hey, they're they're overworked. You know, they're working overtime. Yeah, no, and that's fine. That's fine. I guess call to the whoever's in charge of injury prevention because it's two years in a row now. Actually, more than that. It feels like every year we're talking about crucial Eagles injuries. They just overcame them in that Nick Foles um, Super Bowl year. 
We were talking about Chip Kelly a little bit in our little private Facebook chat before the show. Uh, this would never have happened with Chip Kelly's protein shakes. <laughs> I mean, there's something to that if you actually look at the stats. Mm. Uh, how about Cardinals at Seahawks? Let's look at this strange game. Uh, the Cardinals come away with a win. Where the, if you want to talk about injuries, I don't think they could have come at a worse time for the Seahawks because they just lost everybody. Um, yeah, it was it was something. I, I, I don't mean you know, to laugh. If there's any uh, Seahawks fans out there, or, or people that are supporting the Seahawks because their team's out of the playoffs or whatever it is, well, the Seahawks are in the playoffs. Yeah, no, the, what I'm saying is, like teams that that are fans of teams that aren't in the playoffs, maybe they're supporting the Seahawks the rest of the way. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I don't care about those people. They are bandwagon <laughs> fans. Uh, let's give uh, let's give some presents to uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Because we doubted well him all offseason. We did, and the media did, and everybody did. And Kyler Murray really hasn't been that great this year. He's had a good year for a rookie. Uh, but I think a lot of it is, is, on the, is on the back of this Cliff Kingsbury-designed offense that has really maximized Murray's strengths. And uh, I've been really impressed with the coaching job he's done and capping it off with a win on the road in Seattle against the Seahawks, who are playoff bound and had everything to play for still trying to get that by in in weeks uh in week 16 and they're not going to get it now and i would not be surprised if they got bounced by maybe an nfc east team and wouldn't that be hideous i mean the seahawks have everything in front of them if they win against the 49ers on sunday night football they win the nfc west is that true it is true see it's bad job by game. me i like i said i'm bad at the playoff calculation stuff no, it's fascinating. It's just because it's because they beat them earlier this season, so they'd own the double head-to-head, which would uh, put them ahead. It would, right. it would drop the Ford Niners down to twelve and four. They'd both be twelve and four, two-way tie. Seahawks win. Okay, but how do the how do the Seahawks win this game? Totally outmanned. Yeah, and crazier things have happened. This is a good team. Or, sorry, it's not a good team. This is a good Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russell Wilson hasn't even been that good the past few weeks. I mean, ty- ever since Tyler Lockett's been hurt, it's really just kind of been a struggle moving the ball. And Chris Carson has had an up and down year, mostly down lately, and now certainly down for the rest of the year with that injury. And I, and that's what I'm giving the uh, I'm giving the coal to the Seahawks situation. It's okay. bad. It's a bad situation. I like I couldn't imagine the timing being any worse for them right now. Yeah, I'll piggyback on that. It's a really really tough situation for the Seahawks. I, I haven't counted them out yet just because, you know, crazier things have happened. We'll see what happens on Sunday night. I, I have no idea who I'm picking just because, I don't know, I, I just have a feeling. I have a feeling that the Seahawks have, are, are somehow going to pull this thing out. Present to Dare Kenyon I say Drake. a gut feeling? A gut feeling. There you go. That's why we, yeah, that, Kenyon that's Drake why we do that Yeah, Kenyon ridiculous in this game. Yeah, and not just this game. Ever since he's been with the Cardinals, man. It's true. <laughs> he's, he's rested control of that backfield, which... Has honestly had a lot of good contributors this year. I mean, Chase Edmonds has had his time to shine, David Johnson. But Kenyon Drake has come in, and he's been brilliant. And it's so good to – I mean, the present is for the fans, but it's also for him personally because he got out of a really tough, bad situation there in Miami where he was in the doghouse for whatever reason, and he's thriving. And it's great because he's so talented. Fun to watch. He runs with power. He runs with fury. Yes. Yeah. All right. How about uh, Chiefs at Bears? Um, uh, present to the Chiefs defense. Let's yes. just give it to the defense, right? Because, I mean, we said at the beginning of the year this defense sucks. It's not going to be able to win them any playoff games. And here they are, you know, in the mix once again at the end of the year. And, and 
historically Andy Reid Chiefs, uh, Andy Reid teams rather, have not been great uh, in December and January. But I don't know. This feels a little bit different. It feels like they're not leaning on Patrick Mahomes as much as they were early in the year, and it's because this defense was so good. And again, a complete evisceration of their opponent this week in the Chicago Bears, who did absolutely nothing. Chiefs yeah, defense. I, the Chiefs defense absolutely deserves presence for how they've improved. I'm still very leery about about them in the playoffs, though, because honestly, there's too much bad tape out there currently. And there's been a lot of good tape lately, but when does that creep back up? And with Spagnola defenses, you never know. I buy that. Chicago Bears, I think this oh. is a little low-hanging fruit. <laughs> do you want to take it or do you want me to take it? <laughs> Go ahead. Cole to Mitch Trubisky because he sucks. Ah, uh, so sad. He was really bad in this game again. It's it's there, over. There was a brief I, uh, window where people were saying, "Oh, look at that! Trubisky's doing pretty well." And then he, I like, remember that window, and I said, "Don't fall for it." <laughs> he slaughters the Cowboys on Thursday night football in a game they pretty much had to have. My goodness, how many games have the Cowboys had to have that they failed this season? Uh, anyway. Eight. <laughs> I mean, just just consider that if they had won any single one of those. Week 17 wouldn't matter. They'd be in the Bills, playoffs. Bills, Bears, One. Eagles, Patriots. Uh, they've, won, they've lost four of their they last five They lost to the games. Jets when the Jets were terrible. Oh, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> it's been bad. What did I say? I said before the season started, I said this, the schedule is set up perfectly for an end-of-season Dallas collapse. Well, guess what? It's not an end-of-season collapse. It's a total season collapse. They've been <laughs> collapsing all year. <laughs> they've collapsed into their wins. Oh. Uh, well, how do we talk about the Cowboys? We're talking about the Bears. Or we we were supposed to be talking about the Bears. Uh, we we got off of Trubisky. Sorry, oh, we jumped okay. off that's, of Trubisky. Okay. Yeah, that's enough. Uh, okay. All right. How about uh, okay Packers at Vikings? And this was one of the worst performances by any offense I think I've ever seen on Monday night. Cold uh, Kirk we don't Cousins. Have, we don't have to talk much about the game, but they had seven first downs. And yeah. I remember thinking on that first series where we saw the Vikings, uh, not the first one where they, they recovered the fumble and kicked a field goal, but the first one after that, it took them like six plays to, to get, I think like 11 yards or something on the first. It was, it was so bad. It was so hard for them to move the ball. And I don't know if I'm going to credit the Packers offense or just the Vikings or sorry, the Packers defense or the Vikings offense for just being totally out of sync in this game. But really, I got to give Cole to uh, to Kirk Cousins because yes. he continues to do this. And I give it to him in this game, and I give it to him for the season because time after time, it feels like he comes up small in these big moments. Stop lying to us. Stop showing us brilliance for weeks on end. Stop with these think pieces about how Kirk Cousins has finally arrived when, when he's like the top quarterback in the NFL on play action or whatever. He had a horrible interception on play action. It was his first interception of the year, notably. Uh, or sorry, his first interception on play action of the year, notably. Uh, but I mean, the fact is, he's never won on Monday Night Football, and he just he constantly fails in these big games. It's a narrative that's so true; it's ridiculous. It defies the law of averages at this point. It doesn't make any sense. He's like zero and nine on Monday Night. Yeah, on good some good teams too. Yeah. I mean, you can point to the Dalvin Cook injury for throwing the offense out of sync. That's fine, but. Kirk Cousins was terrible. The Vikings are going to open up against like the Super Bowl favorites next season on Monday night. <laughs> the NFL's rigged. Uh, all right, Cole or presence for the Packers? Let's go. We're like an hour in. Uh, ultimately, Cole to Aaron Rodgers. I think he's been pretty bad this year overall. 
He hasn't had a great year. I'm going to go ahead and once again give Cole to the entire wide receivers core for the Packers because, once again, they've proven that they really just aren't that talented at that position, and I don't understand why with a quarterback as talented as Aaron Rodgers, they they just cannot seem to find guys to surround him with that can be more than Devontae Adams, who's a decent – he's a decent number one receiver – but they've got nothing after that. Alan Lazard has now risen to the number two spot with guys like Geronimo Allison occupying the three. And it's like, when are these guys going to take a step forward? Now, you do have to give a present to the coaching staff because they've managed to put together wins in a season where the offense has been unspectacular. The defense has been relatively unspectacular with the exception of some occasional bursts. Yet they're 12 and three. They're a soft 12 and three. They're probably the worst 12 and three team I've ever seen, but they still are 12 and three. And that, that's got to be worth something. I don't know what to make of this team. Because they look mediocre against really bad teams. And yet, uh, they go on Monday night and have the statement win against the Vikings team, which in DVOA was top 10 on both the offense and the defense. One of just, I, I believe it's three teams that have that in the NFL, the other two being the Saints and Ravens. How much of that was just the uh, the uh, Vikings imploding, though? I don't know. That's the problem. I don't know what e- what either of these teams are, to be completely honest. I think I'm fairly certain that Kirk Cousins is going to screw it up in the playoffs somehow. But outside of that, I have no idea which Packers team is going to show up, even this week. I think they could lose to the Lions. It's the possible. Packers have, Packers have lost three times to the Eagles, the Chargers, and the 49ers. All right, one of those makes sense. <laughs> They've also played close games against the Redskins, Bears, Lions, uh Broncos, the Bears again, the Panthers. Uh, I I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry, Packers fans. I don't think this team is that good. I just think that they're kind of winning games, and that has to come to an end at some point. At some point, you're going to have to play the 49ers or the Saints, probably, and both of those teams are significantly better than your team, uh, both in coaching and in roster. And uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it in quarterback play, which is the most important thing. You're right, Trent. Aaron Rodgers has not had a good year. No. Despite the stats looking pretty good, it just hasn't been what you'd expect from Rodgers. No, and even Packers fans, I'm sure, would tell you that he hasn't been as good this year. For what yeah. I'm sure they would come up with excuses, but they would say that he hasn't been as good. Right. No question. All right. Present to Aaron Jones, by the way. Career year. Oh, yeah. Duh. That Yeah, that's a good one. He's had an unbelievable year. And he's, I mean, hey, he pretty much, I'm surprised you're not asking for an Aaron Jones jersey because he pretty much, he, he, <laughs> he was Christian my second McCaffrey, choice. He was absolutely my second choice. Maybe I'll just send you one anyway. <laughs> Two jerseys for the price of one. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Uh, probably not. All right, let's yeah, do gut picks not. and get out of here. Um, all, right, all right, a lot of these are going to be quick because most of, let's, I mean, honestly, most of these games do not matter in any way, yes. which is weird for a week 17, but here we are. Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Falcons at Bucks. Ugh. <sighs> That one's tough. That's I'll tough. Go. I'll take the, the Falcons. I'll take the Falcons on the road. All right, give me the Bucks. They always have. They have late season magic. Yeah, but Jameis Winston's going to get to thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions. The first quarterback <laughs> ever to do so. <laughs> it's going to be such a great stat to look back. Oh, on. I can't wait! I can't wait to watch that game. All right, uh, the Dolphins at the Patriots. Patriots. Patriots, and they're going to lock up that first round bye for I think the eleventh straight year. Isn't that absurd? I mean, you get desensitized, but yes, it's absurd. <laughs> no, there's never been a run like this, ever. And it's continuing, even despite yeah. them not being that good. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, Bears at Vikings. 
Bears at Vikings. Vikings. Get right game for the Vikings. You, yeah. s- you take the Vikings? Yeah. Okay. Chargers at Chiefs. 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 <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Packers at Lions. See, what did I tell you about some of these games? There's like no Lions. good 1 o'clock games. I don't think Just there's kidding. a single good one. Packers. <laughs> As a Saints fan, I want the Lions to win, obviously, but, you know. Of course. Yeah. Of course. But the Packers are going to win. Sorry. Yep. Um, Browns at Bengals. Perhaps Freddie Kitchens' final hurrah. Browns. Final boo-rah. I'm taking the Bengals. <laughs> you do that. Watch. Just watch. It's going to be a meltdown. It's going to be awesome. I guess they could win. It doesn't hurt them. No. Already locked they, up they've the locked one. up that number one pick. Just go yep. for it. Andy Dalton's going to like turn into a flamethrower again. <laughs> uh, it could be good or bad, depending on hey, if the Hey, they scored 23 points last week in the fourth quarter. That's They're a great fourth quarter offense. Have we not seen this story before like all year with the Bengals? They don't win those games. They never well, win those games. Well, no, they're, they're 1-14. Of they course they don't win, win those them. games. All right. Saints at Panthers. <laughs> Saints. Saints, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jets at Bills. 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 Uh, I'm taking all favorites so far, I think, except for the Bengals, I guess. It's really tough to pick a an upset here, unless it's the NFC East. Get ready for that. Well, well yeah, but the games just don't matter, so yeah. it's it's tough. Um, but, uh, yeah. L- all right. Uh, Cardinals at Rams. This is the first uh, – uh, later game and these are when they start to get a little more interesting this is a more it's interesting tricky. matchup yeah it's it's interesting because you think both of these teams are going to be probably better next year cardinals oh i'll take the cardinals too All i right. don't know why yeah. call it a gut pick yeah uh Mark raiders raiders at broncos broncos i'll take the so. raiders they're gonna get back to eight they're gonna get back to 500 and and just miss the playoffs no, and I love the idea of that, but I just don't trust them going to Denver right now. Um, I mean, I don't either. But at yeah. the same time, the Raiders have had a way of surprising us this year. Winning games yeah. they're not supposed to and losing games they're not supposed I've to. I've been banging the drum on 8-8 eight and eight all year, and now I'm picking against my prediction. So oh much for gosh. that. Hey, just think, <laughs> if the Raiders had managed to close that game against Jacksonville somehow, by some miracle, if they'd closed that out, they'd probably be in the playoffs right now. Yep. Isn't that weird how things work out? Unbelievable. Hey, if the Cowboys beat the Jets or any of those teams that they're supposed to beat, uh, we'll get to them in a second. The Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants, Philly at New York. Don't do it. I'm going to pick the Giants. (laughs) I said don't do it. Sorry. I don't know. I just... (laughs) Uh, like, I actually really like how the Giants played last week. Daniel Jones had his best game as a pro. Uh, obviously, the Redskins defense has been terrible. But Saquon Barkley's looking amazing right now. I mean, the yeah, offense but is like, coming together. But, but why? Why would like What reason do the Giants have to try to win this game? Pat Shermer's not coming back. I just don't, I don't see the motivation. Ruining the and, season for their rivals. That's but it. Philadelphia has literally everything to – I don't know. They have literally everything to play for. And, and literally no right one there. to play they with. Have, They've been playing playoff games now for like four or five weeks. It's gonna the wheels are gonna fall off. These are undrafted free agents. They're starting. Sign me up. I'm taking the Eagles. Oh my gosh! I can feel the fandom <laughs> bursting out of my chest. <laughs> oh, you're uh, so terrible in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, I know. I can't wait. Okay. You should want the Eagles to make the playoffs. They're a way worse roster than Dallas. Way less scary for the Saints. Come on. 
I'm not scared of either of these teams. They're terrible. Well, why would you? Well, yeah, you have no reason to be afraid of the Eagles. All right, moving on. We need to move on. All right, Colts at Jags. Too many tangents. Yeah, way too. It's been fun though. Colts at Jags. No, it hasn't. Colts, Colts at Jags. Colts. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll take the Colts. Uh. Don't. No particular reason. Just kind of feel like they're better. Um. They're and better. whatever. <clears throat> Titans. Uh. Titans at Texans. Titans. Uh, I too will take the Titans, and they are my uh, sixth seed playoff representative for the AFC. Oh yeah, and they're gonna lose quickly. <laughs> wait, no, because no, they play. They'll the, be playing they play... the Texans in the next week. Wait, would they play the right? Texans? The oh, following no, no, they, they play. Thing? They play whoever's higher. Who is that? Uh, who's the fourth seed right now? No, they'd be the because they'd be the sixth seed. They'd play the three seed. Is that? Yeah, who would be the three seed? Chiefs, how Patriots, does the right? how does the, the playoffs work? <laughs> so the three seed would be the Chiefs. That's who they'd play. My bad. Oh, uh, the I beat the Chiefs earlier this year. Yeah, I know, but that's not a great matchup. I, I don't. I don't know. That was a freaky game. It was too. That was a fun one. All right, um, Washington at Dallas. Washington. Really? <laughs> yeah. The Eagles are going to get in the playoffs while losing. Get ready. I'm excited for that. That that's great. I'll sign me up for that story, but I am going to take the Cowboys. I think they'll both win. I think both teams will win. In fact, I think Dallas will win first. I think they'll win in a blowout, and then I think Philadelphia will like kick a field goal as time expires to win that game, and it's going to be bedlam. It'll be like they won the Super Bowl all over again. Greased, greased light poles, riots in the streets. It's going to be great. They'll like cut over to Jerry Jones standing next to Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett's looking really nervous watching the TV as the field goal's about to go through. And Jason Jones, Garrett, look, you're fired. Jerry Jones is literally holding a knife to J- Jason Garrett's throat as this hole is going on. If he makes the field goal, I'm slitting your throat. Uh, all right. It's going to look like an accident. Blood will run through the streets of Dallas again. Um, all right. Sunday afternoon, Pittsburgh-Baltimore matchup. One of the more important games of the day for Pittsburgh's playoff chances. If the Titans and Pittsburgh both Ravens. win. <laughs> Come on. Uh, no, I'll take the Ravens, but I'm just saying if yeah. the, if both teams win somehow, who makes the playoffs in that situation? The do you know? They the do? Titans the Titans win regardless because the Steelers lost to the Jets last week. Great. Yep. Great. Pittsburgh doesn't deserve it. Go Tennessee. I'm rooting for them really hard this week. All right. Finally, the Sunday night game, probably one of the better matchups we've had in a while in terms of what it means for Sunday night. Uh the 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks, and I already have talked about this. I'm taking the 49ers, and I don't think it's going to be close, despite the fact that it means everything for Seattle. It's just not going to happen. Too many injuries, too much attrition. I do think that it's going to be close, and I'm taking Seattle. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. We disagree on quite a bit this week. <laughs> going to be fun. Yeah. It will be you fun. You know, I, I wasn't looking forward to this week of games until we talked about the gut picks, and now I got all excited again because we disagree on a lot, so I'm excited <laughs> to see who's right. I guess this is why people bet on games. Yeah. I mean, you, you really you really don't know. I mean, all the favorites could win. Could be all upsets. It's the NFL, man. And it's the NFL in 2019. It's been wild. Should be noted, uh, please do not bet on our gut picks. That is not a good financial no, fade decision. Them. Fade them, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, please don't do that. Uh, we don't, I don't want to be responsible for you losing your home and not being able to feed your children because you listened to my stupid opinion on Falcons Buccaneers. Uh, all right. That's it for us. We spreads. Ugh, shame. Maybe next too. year we'll do spread. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I like spreads. We should, we, yeah, we should bring them in more. 
Yeah, I'm sure that people would love that. All right. For uh, Trenton Pews, my name is Shay Dougal. Oh, the plugs. Uh, please email us, uh, afterreviewpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can tweet us at afterreviewpod. Uh, we are on Facebook. You can check out Trenton's website, sportsslants.com. That's sportsslants.com for football content. You can check out my other podcast, Bombers, for video game content if you like that. Uh, anything else? No. I don't think so. All right. I'm tired. Thanks, Trent. Thanks exhausting. for doing the show. I know we went just a little over the time, but that's all right. Yeah. All right. After review, podcast stands. Oh, my God.